and we're live. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Sheep Kishir Podcast. Here we talk about people, politics, and popular culture. I'm your host, Austin Creed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Welcome into the show. Take a seat. You're in for a good one. We're doing a part two to a show that I did a little while ago called Power and Prowess. Basically centered around the laws of power, the 48 laws of power, how they can be applied to your life. We're talking about self-discipline. And then we're also going to talk about physical fitness. We're going to tie everything in today, and we're going to do a little bit of a part two to the first. So if you haven't seen the first one, or you haven't heard the first one, head over and do that first. Or you can do it right afterwards if you want to just get this one out of the way now. So, but before we do that, I want to I want to welcome everybody in who's new, and for those of you who are returning to the channel, I want to first preface and say that I ask an exorbitant amount of questions, and I make a lot of points that some might disagree with, and if you disagree, think I'm wrong, you know what, that's fine. You can go over to the comment section, or you can go over to Twitter, at Austin Creed, and you'll find me over there, and you can direct all of your, um, whether it's hate, love, whatever you want, right over there, we can discuss it, like civilized adults, it's gonna be great. But without further ado, I want to hop right into the show today. We'll see how long I can go before I get a little too out of control. No guarantees, though. We're going to start with the first... I, I did that first, like, ten laws of power last time. I touched on them. I quoted certain ones, but I didn't... We're going to start at law number ten today out of the 48. So I'm going to share the screen and I'm going to read it to you. For those of you who are listening on audio... Give me a, give give me one second. Here we go. Alright, we're starting with law number ten. Law number ten of the forty-eight laws of power states Infection. Avoid the unhappy and the unlucky. Emotionally emotional states can be as infectious as diseases. Now, I've seen this in my own life, okay? When you're around people who are all winning, who have a winner's mindset, you're more likely to win. Versus if you're surrounded by people who are, they're Debbie, they're like Eeyores, okay? If you've ever seen Winnie the Pooh, he's like Eeyore all the, all the time. Just, oh, my life sucks, I can't catch a break, I'm so sad. Yeah, you don't want to be around those people. Because the more you're around those people, the more negative you're going to be. And the more you're going to be a drag and an emotional vampire. So, like, like uh, Robert Greene, the author, points out. Emotional states can be as infectious as diseases. Occasionally, some unfortunate individuals will bring their misfortune upon them. So unfortunate individuals bring their own in- misfortune upon themselves and can bring you down too if you get too close. Now, this is true. You ever had a friend who drags you apart? He's like, hey, man, I, um, you're gonna, you, you want to help a brother out? And then he proceeds to put you in the middle of a situation that has absolutely nothing to do with you whatsoever and you're thinking to yourself how the hell did I get involved in this again why does it what does this have to do with me no I get it that sounds selfish and if it's your best friend or a guy you've known forever or a gal you've known forever might be a different story but if this is some casual friend who's throwing you right in the middle of their BS when they're giving you minimal context they're setting you up for a potential downfall that they're already going to take. If you want to have power in life, you can't be dragged down by other people's problems, my friends. 
You got to pick whose problems matter over whose. That's what the whole thing is. Avoid the unhappy and the unlucky people. Now, I'm not a huge believer in luck to begin with. I think luck is merely a preparation, meaning opportunity. But nonetheless, it still applies. You should avoid people who are bad news and who cannot even keep their own life in check. Why, should, why would you put them in your life? That's my point. Why would you do it? Let's go to number 11. Learn to keep people dependent on you. Now, for those of you who are not Machiavellian and for those of you who do not who are more concerned with being, quote, a good person, I don't blame you. I'm not saying you need to be a bad person. But these laws of power are already being applied in your life and you may not even see it. That's how good some people are at this. They're manipulating you and you don't even see it. Now, I've seen this one, law number 11, learning to keep people dependent on you. I've seen this mostly in my relationships that are more of the romantic variety. When people want to keep you dependent on their attention, their validation, um, on their approval, on potentially even their physical intimacy, all of it. That's why I'm not a huge fan of marriage. In fact, I, I'll go on, I'll talk more about that in a whole another show. I've touched on it before, but I've never really gone into very minute detail as to why I oppose marriage. I actually write, I'm writing an entire book about being a biblical bachelor because I think there's a way to be both a member of the church or just a Christian in general without having to follow everything lock, stock, and barrel because the times have changed. Well, we're going to keep going down here. Law number 11 to, says learn to keep people dependent on you. To maintain independence, you must take, you must make others need and want you. The more people rely on you, the more freedom you will have. Yet be wary to never teach those surrounding you with enough information that they can start doing things for themselves. Now, I get it. For those of you who are very, you know, you're more of a nice person. You know, you want to be kind and gentle and loving and all this stuff. You probably heard what I just said and you're like, oh my gosh, that's horrible. Oh my god. You're repulsed by it. In plain English, you're repulsed by it. I don't blame you. It sounds really underhanded. It sounds really gross and slimy. and uh, You feel dirty listening to it. I don't. Because this, this happens all the time. This happens all the time and you don't even see it. That's the whole point of the 48 Laws of Power. They are being applied in your life against you and you may not even see it. Because that's how smart these people are. That's how smart these corporations are. That's how smart these politicians and pieces of garbage are. They're super smart and super crafty. That's what we're tr that's what I am trying to point out by bringing this to your attention. I am not trying to make you do anything you don't want to do. I am telling you this to so that you can either a apply it in your life or simply look at what is being said and say, wait a minute, maybe, maybe my friend is doing this to me. Maybe my, my wife, my husband, or whoever is doing this to me. Maybe my girlfriend is doing this to me. Maybe my boyfriend's doing this to me. Maybe my mom or my dad are being manipulated, my sister, my brother, my aunt, cousin, whoever. Somebody could be using this against you and you don't see it. And I want everybody to listening to the show 
to not be victims. I want you to be victors. And in order to be a victor, you need to know what strategies the victors are using against you to make you a victim. That is the whole point of bringing up the laws of power. The whole point of power and prowess is to establish you as an individual. Establish yourself as being self-sufficient and being the best version of yourself that you can be. You are exercising power over your own life and prowess in all the in all the avenues of your life. And by prowess, I mean physical performance. Let's go to law number 12. Use selective honesty and generosity to disarm your victim. Now again, this is something that you will hear and you will be repulsed by it if you're not a complete lowlife or a complete Machiavellian individual already. And if you are, I understand. I'm not passing judgment upon you. I understand. For those of you who are nice people who don't want... You don't like what you're listening to. I'm not saying you need to enact these things in your life. What I am saying is this. People are using these things against you. Right now. Right now in your life. This is being used against you. And I want you to know about it. So that you can then decide. Whether you want to listen. Or whether you want to go back to being. Basically a domesticated animal. And can go back to the proverbial plantation. Let's keep going. A quote from Robert Greene, who is the author of this book. One sincere and honest move will cover dozens of dishonest ones. You ever notice that? When it comes to, let's just take, let's take something almost everybody here can relate to. A, a, a partner who's sketchy, right? Little, little white lies here and there, and you, you brush them off. You say, eh, maybe they have their reason, whatever. You justify it. But then they'll do this one thing that's really nice really thoughtful, really amazing, you'll be like, oh, I was overreacting, you know what, I had the whole thing wrong, maybe I was just overreacting, and maybe I, maybe it's possible that I was just wrong about the whole thing, you take the sincerity of their nice gesture, and you just totally dismissed everything else that could have been negative, anybody ever done that before, you overlook little red flags, and then you see one giant green one, and you're like, see, See, I knew there was good here. I'm totally fine. I'm safe here. No, 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 no. A single honest gesture can help cover the traces of dozens of dishonest acts. By being generous, you can disarm even the most suspicious people. Once they are disarmed, you can manipulate them at will. The key to successful deception is distraction. An act of generosity distracts those you wish to deceive while turning them into docile children delighted by the affection, the affectionate gesture. I mean, hello? Has anyone else seen this in their life? I have. The key to successful deception is distraction. For those of you who have read The Art of War, Sun Tzu said, all warfare is based on deception. Now, you might have heard that in Modern Warfare 3 if you played the game back in the day, like I did. But Sun Tzu said it first. And if all warfare is based upon deception, and the key to deception is a distraction, how many distractions do you see every day of your life? What is Instagram but a distraction? What is TikTok but a distraction? 
People could argue that this show itself is a distraction. I don't think it is. Because I'm not distracting you. I'm giving you the raw, honest truth. I'm helping you decipher the problems in your life. I can't solve your problems for you. I can only give you the information and you can apply it accordingly to your life. That is what I hope you do with everything that I say on the show. There is an allegory of the cave written by the philosopher, the great philosopher at that, Plato, who talked about the shadows upon the wall. He painted this allegory of a group of prisoners who had been locked in a cave. They had grown up in this cave. They never knew anything about the outside world. And all they could see was the shadow. Like there was this, these shadows that would dance upon the wall. And they would guess upon what the shadow was, what it meant, what it stood for, who was casting it. Was it even anything to cast it? What was, the, what was it like? They were obsessed with it. And then one of them, one of these men who were trapped in this cave, eventually made their way out to the outside world. And they saw the trees, they saw the lakes, they saw the beauty of nature and everything that is within it. They saw the sun, the source of light that would cast the shadows upon the wall. And they could barely comprehend upon what they were laying their eyes upon. And they were thrilled and they were excited. They came back to the cave and they were telling all the, all the rest of the prisoners about what the light was, what the objects were as they were maybe a donkey or a man or a woman carrying water or whatever it was that would walk through the mouth of the cave and their shadows would dance upon the wall. And he would tell them and try to describe these things to them. But because they had no frame of reference, because they didn't know what... They had no idea what he was talking about and they could not comprehend what was being told to them. They responded with aggression and violence. And they took their misunderstanding and they pushed it externally upon the man who was once their friend. The distractions, the deceptions, the shadows upon the wall was all they knew. My friends, that is every day of your life. You think you know what's going on in politics? You think you know what the rich and the powerful are doing? You think you know what's really going on behind the scenes? I'm here to tell you. Most people who are intelligent can barely make out the shadows on the wall, much less the actors, much less the circumstances, or anything else. That's not meant to insult you. It's meant to give you perspective and make you realize that there is a lot of complexity to the world and the more you choose to not accept something because it maybe doesn't make you feel good, you're doing yourself a disservice. Now let's keep going. Law number 13. When asking for help, appeal to the self-interests of others, never to their mercy or their gratitude. Let me ask you something. When you were a kid... When you asked for something, even if it was a cookie or whatever, you'd always be like, oh, please, please, please give it to me. You would beg, right? Or if you're about to be punished, you'd ask for mercy. You never once appealed to their self-interest. You never said, well, it's in your best interest to give me what I want because of X, Y, or Z reason. You never did that, did you? Because no one taught you. That is what the art of the deal is. 
it is making it both in your best interest as well as their self-interest. Because then guess what? They have an incentive to not only help you, but to not deceive you. Because someone's mercy and gratitude could easily wear off versus someone's own self-interest. That is the one thing you can trust above all else. It's for someone to do something that is in line with what is best or most beneficial for them. If you must ask for help, make sure your request includes a benefit for your ally that you can... That you can... Exaggerate or sell beyond proportion. In other words, you need to give them a good sales pitch. Let them know why they should help you and what they stand to gain by helping you. If you don't do that, you're just appealing to their mercy or maybe their, their gratitude. Or maybe it's like, oh, but you owe me. Or, well, you're my friend. You should help me. No, 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 no. They still might help you. But they're not going to give you their best because, guess what? There is nothing in it for them. At least, they don't think there is. When your ally sees that there is something in it for them, they are more likely to respond with enthusiasm, like I just said. Self-interest is the greatest motivator for people. Once you master the art of working out what others want and then using it to further your own plans... There will be no limits to what you can accomplish. Can anybody argue with that? I can't. It's very true. Now, admittedly, again, I'm not saying this because I want you to exploit people. I am saying this because I want you to realize how you are currently being exploited. Because trust me, it is happening. Just because you can't see it right now, just because you're not... Visualizing it as I'm telling it to you does not mean it's not happening. In fact, I'm going to challenge you, whether you're whether it's right now or whether you're done after it's, the show is over, I want you to look through your relationships, your circumstances, and everything else. And I want you to see who is maybe taking advantage of you and who is genuinely your friend if you have any at all. It might humble you, but it's something you need to do. Because the longer you don't address it, the longer they can exercise power over you and you are being exploited. We're going we're gonna to move on here, but I wanted to really drive that point home. Because there are a lot of people out there who like to lie for their own self-interest. I, ch- I want to ask you something. Do you think that appealing to someone else's best interest is... The wisest course of action? Do you think it's the best scenario and everybody wins? I think it is. I don't know how you could argue it any other way. Because then they're like Robert Green points out. They are more likely to help you. And they're likely to do it not out of a place of obligation or resentment. But through enthusiasm. And my friends, that's something you need to come to realize. And when you do, your life will change forever. Speaking of your life changing forever, for those of you who are very interested in physical fitness, it's something that I have learned a lot about over the last year. Give me one second. Sorry, my throat's going to get a little dry on the air here. Physical fitness is... 
the wealth that you is very intangible. You could have all the money in the world, but if you're not healthy, you're not going to enjoy it. So let me ask you a question. Which would you rather, if you could only have one, which would you rather have? Good health or much wealth? I want to know the answer. I know which one I would choose, but I want to know which one you would choose. Because in my opinion, there is no price on good health. People who don't have it will spend every cent they have to get it. And for those who take it for granted, they will not fully utilize it to its highest potential that they could have. For those of you who want to lose weight, for those of you who want to get in the gym, get a lot of muscle, look better, look the best you've ever have, you need to start now. Not tomorrow, not next week, not until you can post it on Facebook or Instagram and get all this hype around it. It's only to go for two days and then eat a slice of cake. No, 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 no. Ugh, for God's sakes. No, you need to do things for yourself. You need to do things because you want to do them. Otherwise, you're just going to be at the whims of other people for the rest of your life. And the minute that they suddenly are uninterested, you're going to be uninterested. No one's going to take more interest in your life than you will. And the sooner you realize that most people you know right now, you will not know them or be close to them in a year from now, a month from now even potentially, you'll realize how stupid it is that you're doing things just for them to impress them. Even if you're a content creator like me, I don't do things just to get people to respond to the show. I do things because A, I enjoy it, and B, I have what's called the blunt gene. I say it how it is. I know how to speak in plain English. And if you don't, if you find it abrasive, it's because you are a snowflake, or you've been, you've bought into the whole politically correct garbage, and I feel sorry for you. Because if you know where that stems from, you know how dangerous that is. I did an entire show about the Red Guards. That's where political correctness came from, if you don't know. It came from the communist playbook. Now, when it comes to physical fitness, you want to know where you should start? If you have not worked out at all, you want to get back in shape, but you think, oh, you know, I don't know if I have time, you know, I want to, but like, I don't know, and I'm not sure. No. You know what you need to do right now? I want you know what I'm gonna challenge you to do. 50 push-ups every day. And then once you can do that comfortably, move it up to a hundred every day. Don't worry about going to the gym. If you want to go to the gym, go for it. But most people who say they want to go to the gym, it's too much work. Too far out of their routine. Do some bodyweight exercises right now. The obesity epidemic is through the roof. You put that extra weight to work. And start doing some dang push-ups. Second thing you should do. Start walking more. You don't need to run. You can run if you want to. Most people don't like to run. You don't like running. Start walking. Whether it's you walk around the block. Walk around the neighborhood. Walk around town. It doesn't matter. Walk more. Sit less. And if you work at a desk job. Might want to think about getting a new job. I'm serious. It will be good for your health in the long run. And especially if you don't like your job, why are you there? You think I would be making the show today if I didn't like it? And I didn't enjoy talking to, to all of y'all in the Sheep Kishir podcast? No, I wouldn't. If I didn't enjoy it, I wouldn't do it. You need to monetize the things you love. Because if you don't do that, 
you're going to be miserable and you're going to have this deviation of work time versus work time. Work time versus leisure time. Work and play. But when you do that, you resent work and you love play and you try to maximize the play while trying to reduce the work. And that's why you see people get laid off. If you don't prioritize your health and your fitness, you're going to have to prioritize those medical bills in the future. I'll tell you that right now. If you don't maintain yourself now, you're going to have to play catch up later with all the medical bills and, and spa treatments and everything else. Don't, don't be that person. My esthetician that I go to, she tells me this all the time because I always ask because I find it so interesting. There are people who will come in 45, 50, usually they're men, never step foot in a spa once in their life. And they look all sun-beaten, brow-beaten, stress-withered, you name it. And they step in there and they're like, hey man, you know, I want to I wanna change my look and I want to look younger again. As if she's some miracle worker and she can instantly make them look 20 years younger. No. You need to start doing it now. I don't care if you're 18, 16, 48, 108, doesn't matter. You need to take care of yourself and you need to make sure that you maximize your youth. Because youth is wasted on the young, my friends. And if you're young like me and you're not taking care of yourself, trust me, your body is not going to just be like, huh, well, I haven't used this muscle in a while. So, like, I'm just going to keep it, though, because it looks good. No, I'm going to get rid of it. Going to dump that. Going to get rid of it. Your cardiovascular health is important, as is how you look. My friends, if you're a bodybuilder who doesn't do cardio, you're a moron. If you're so-called Michael Hearn, thinks that he can just, oh, I don't do cardio. Cardio's for losers. That lying piece of garbage. Um, first of all, I, I don't believe him that he doesn't do cardio. Second, that is so bad for your heart. Your heart is important. Your lungs are important. And so for, the, if you, for someone to sit there and say, oh, Oh, uh, you don't need to do cardio. <laughs> Cardio's dumb. Uh, you know what's not dumb? You know what's dumb is dying of a heart attack because you didn't take care of yourself. Especially if you're predisposed to it and you didn't even know about it, huh? What's pretty dumb is telling people not to take care of themselves and their cardiovascular health, which has been proven to extend their life. That's what's stupid. But I don't I don't hate Michael Hearn. I just I don't understand why he says the things that Michael O'Hearn is just stupid. I think he's just trying to cash in another shock jock moron. But apparently he looks good in front of a magazine and people think, oh, because he looks good in a magazine and he says he's natural. So therefore he must be natural because he said so. And so I'm going to listen to him. Whatever, man. I, I don't get it. But my friends, if you want to exercise your power, you want to exercise your prowess, you need to ensure that you maximize every your hormones and make sure that you're not a coward and you just give up when stuff gets tough. Don't do that. Do not give up when stuff gets tough. Do not fall for the toxic masculinity garbage. Don't fall for the, oh, he must be toxic. He goes to the gym. Don't let the haters get to you. I'm serious. Take care of yourself and everybody else can kick rocks as far as I'm concerned. Anyways, my friends, I appreciate you being here for the show today. If any questions, comments, concerns, criticisms, you name it, you can put it in the comments section or you can put it 
on my Twitter at Austin Creed, and we can discuss it over there. But until next time, my friends, God bless you, God bless your family, and God bless the United States of America. We're out of here. You have a great rest of your day.